Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. confession and please if your bible is on your phone that you have been using for pornography for uh, what betting for the, don't use it in this confession it will not help you but if you have a bible lift it up and let's confess this morning this is my bible i am what it says i am i have what it says i have i can do what it says i can do today i'll be taught the word of god I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a shout and take your seat. Hallelujah. Amen. You are very welcome to our very first ever study group Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. And today is a day. Uh, please ask your neighbor, are you part of a study group? You at all, are you part of a study group? If the person says no, lay your hand on the person's head and say, I bind the spirit of foolishness from your head. I, re- I suck the spirit. How can you be a student at this time and not have a study group? I, I don't understand. I don't understand. Tell your neighbor, I don't understand you. I don't understand. If you are here, you don't have a study group. I don't understand you at all. <sighs> Even Jesus Christ of Nazareth, when he came onto this earth, he came and organized his own study group of 12 disciples. And you, you are walking around Ankunam saying that you will learn it alone. We are watching you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, let us quickly, let me take a couple of... Um, a couple of announcements and then I'm just going to flow in the word and then we'll be praying. How many of you know that prayer makes a lot of difference? Yesterday night I was preaching at the faith service and I told them there are two kinds of Christians. There are Christians in whose lives supernatural things happen and there are Christians in whose life nothing supernatural is happening. I wonder which one you are. And it's all a matter of your faith because you may be sitting here saying that look, exams, we learn, it's not a matter of praying. You'll be there. One day you will meet something and you understand that you need God. And the reason why you are not receiving anything supernatural, that's it on the board. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. And nowadays the naturalness is everywhere. Yes. The naturalness is everywhere. That's why you even question coming to church. That's why you, yes, you question giving an offering. Me, as I'm standing here, my life is made up of offerings. It's true. Yes. I sow the seeds, and it's not today. Yeah. 
when my children were in school, they went to a school that the fees, now it was multiples of my salary. And every, oh yes, oh yes. And I will take a seed and I'll plant the seed May, June, as against September. Are you there? And it always works for me. And you are here having a discussion. How can it be that? You are not God. If you can answer the how, then maybe you are God. Please take your throne. But we, (laughs) and it says, for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Today, I want you to put on your your spiritual spectacles. And I need you to understand that God makes a difference in the affairs of men. Amen. And that's why we have study group Sunday. We're going to pray. It's up to you to believe it or not believe it. Tell anybody it's for free. It's up to you. Uh-huh. Some of you want to go to the kind of church where they will say that, come and see me and then buy the oil for 500 Ghana cities and then uh, get this uh, blessed water. I, 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 I don't read that in my Bible. I don't see my father doing that. Reverend Eric, is that what our father has been doing? He'll call, no. At the crusade, no water, no sugar, no salt, no anything. Amen. But we have our Good Friday service this Friday. Amen. At 3 p.m. If you have not already shared this flyer that's on the screen, please do it now. If it has not hit your page, then you should begin to ask yourself, who am I in the service? Does anybody know that I'm here? Yeah, because somebody should know that you're here and send you this flyer. Are you there? Yeah. And we are inviting you to join us here. The service is going to be held at the Independence Square. And right here in the Fountain of Life Cathedral, we are going to receive our healings. We're going to receive our miracles. Every year we see it, and this year it's not going to be any different. Are you with me? Oh, I said, are you with me? I'm just coming from four days of the Healing Jesus campaign. And I can tell you that the level of miracles I saw there, I'm excited for what's going to happen here. Are you in the church? Yeah. The level of miracles. Tell tell your neighbor, there are levels of miracles. When you lay your hand on your companion and you pray and their headache goes, it is a miracle. You may not think so, but it's a miracle. But there are also levels of miracles. Are you with me? A certain man was sitting down listening to Prophetess Olivia preaching. And this man used to walk around bent like this. And he had come to the meeting at the Healing Jesus Crusade. And he got up and said he was going to buy water. That night he testified on the stage that it was when he got up to go and buy the water that he realized that instead of seeing the ground, you know, he was seeing straight. And that's when he realized that his back has stretched. And he came to testify and he told prophet that, uh, evangelist, he told him that he walks to church and he has to sit down at the schoolyard to rest a bit before continuing. He said, but since he received his healing that morning, he said the whole day he had not sat. He was just walking. He was just walking. He was just walking. Somebody, your miracle is on the way. It's landing this Friday. And this Friday, something good is going to happen to you. So you better make sure you are in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. If your plan is to get home for Easter, leave on Saturday morning. Is it okay? Am I giving you good advice? Because you are finishing your papers on Thursday, rather wait to do the Good Friday before you take off. Is it good advice? All right. So we have our Good Friday service here. 
3 p.m. on the 15th of April. We also have our camp with our convener. Amen. From the 1st to the 3rd of April, no, of May, I beg your pardon. And we're going to be at the beautiful campus, the Mampong campus. And you got to be there. Amen. You got to be there. Somebody should tell CPS that they better prepare to be minister while they're there. So if they have not registered, I will sack them myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe that we're going to have a good time there. So make sure you catch up. We've been paying to go over time and make sure that you continue it. Hallelujah. Well, today I'm going to preach the last part. Next week is Easter. So I'm preaching the last part of this book. Losing. Suffering. Sacrificing. Dying. Have you enjoyed the series? Yeah. One would have thought, what cry are we preaching about? Yeah. But it's a, it pleases the Lord. Hey. Are you there? Powerful. Well, today I'm preaching on the last part. The heaviest part. Hey. I'm going to preach about dying. <laughs> hey, please, me, I don't want to think about dying. I don't like such things. I don't like such things. <laughs> Can you tell anybody it's part of our story? It's part of our story. Hallelujah. Let us begin with the scripture in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Jesus was speaking to his disciples when he said this. Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let him deny himself. For a moment, I want you to think about what, what, what are you denying yourself because you are a Christian? Yeah. What are you denying yourself? I would have done this or I would have done that or I would have had this or I would have had that but because of Christ, I won't do. What are you denying yourself? But then he goes on to say, let him take up his cross. This morning, I'm preaching to you about the symbol of death, the cross. The cross. You see, this beautiful generation that we have right now is that I see you receiving its generation. Unfortunately for you, you've come into the kingdom at a time when the message of Christianity has deviated totally. And it has deviated to the, I've seen you receiving, I've seen you receiving, to the extent that people don't go to church when there's teaching. They don't go to church when there's any, they go when it's a prophetic meeting because it is an I see you receiving meeting. But I came to inform you that it is part of the story. It's not the full story. It's not the full story. Are you here? There is a part of the preaching of, of the gospel that is not, I see you receiving, that is not, in fact, there is a prophet who had an experience. He wrote about it in his book. He went to heaven and he met the apostle Paul. And the apostle Paul gave him a message. He said, we don't recognize what you people are preaching on earth. We don't understand it. We don't understand it. <laughs> So we don't understand what you are saying because what you are preaching is not what we left. That's not what, what Jesus Christ came to die for you to get a car. Jesus Christ came to die for you to get money. He came to die for you to have a house. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. 
And sometimes as pastors, we feel the pressure from the congregation. If you don't go that way, they don't like you. If you don't go that way, you are not a popular pastor. But I came to tell you that Jesus Christ did not come to die to give you a car. The fact that you got a free car is a side effect, not the main effect. And when you make the side effect, when you make the side issue, the main issue, a problem has come. If you go to most hospitals now, most good hospitals, you will find as you are sitting in the OPD that they have put a screen there. Sometimes you go into the wards and there's a screen there. <clears throat> so you can be watching taxi driver on it. You can also be watching what? Some Indian films. Eh? Thank you very much, Reverend Eric. The Indian man is here. <laughs> you can be watching things. Now, these screens have been provided so that as you are waiting in the, you know, our queues in the hospital as long as from here to where? Uh-huh. It's to ease the, the waiting time, isn't it? But I want to ask you whether you have ever left your house be- to the hospital because you want to watch the TV. Is that the reason why you go? I said, is it the reason why you go? It's not the reason why you go. The TV is the side effect of being there. It's the side issue, not the main issue. How would you feel if you went to the hospital and when you got there, the accountant has woken up and said that, look, the most important thing in the hospital are the TVs. So you get up to go to the the pharmacy for your medicine. There's no medicine. It has been switched out for TVs. One patient, one TV. One patient, one TV. We now have no medicine in the house, in the place. One patient, one TV. Does it not look ridiculous to you? I asked you a question. I said, does it not look ridiculous to you? But that's exactly what we have done with the cross of Jesus Christ. We have said that, oh, he came to make us wealthy. He came to make us this. He came to make us that. We have taken the side effect and taken the side issue and made it the main issue. But I came to tell you today that Jesus Christ died on the cross. And that cross that he died on has become a symbol. A symbol of what? A symbol of dying. A symbol of dying. Prince, I want to live. <laughs> I'm not talking about physical dying. Like your life, I mean, some people, it has cost them their life. Some. But many of us, it's not it. You have to die to something. Some of us are too alive. That's why there's so much quarreling in the church. That's why you're always upset you are too alive. Why did they talk to me like that? Eh? My shepherd, I don't even understand why my shepherd should be walking, blasting me about it. You see, you are too alive. You are too alive. Hmm. I'm looking at you. The reason why you are upset that you have not been asked to, drink, to, to sing the solo, you are too alive. You are too alive. Hey, I'm speaking to somebody. I tell you, you are too alive. But Jesus Christ came and the symbol of the cross is the symbol of the things we must die to. If you don't die to something, that's why some of you can't wake up for the, for the uh, 430 prayer. Something you has not died. 
And pastor, it's not like that. You see, I was learning until 12. Yes, you were learning until 12, and you must learn. That's why in this church we say the learning hours is 10 hours. When you finish the 10 hours, wake up at 4.30. That's your dying. Have you never had a prayer meeting you thought you would die before it ended? Have you never had a fast day? You say, oh God, deliver me for I'm afflicted. I'm telling you, it is part of our worship of God. We are dying. Have you never given an offering when you put it in the basket? I stood one day in a, in a, in a convention. The man of God had told us to prepare a seed for the next day. And then you, that day, as I was in the church, the Holy Spirit said to me, do you see that money you've put somewhere? Bring it. That money, listen, I'm a sanguine. Sanguines, we don't save money easily. We spend easily. We don't save easily. But I had saved it because I lived in Tamale. And my parents were old. They were in their 70s. I said, one day I'll get a call that this one is not well or something, something. I'll need to just access money fast, get from Tamale to Accra and sort them out. So I had put this money aside and it was growing. And the Lord said, that one. <laughs> Which one? That one. That one. That's the one you should bring tomorrow as your special offering. I said, what? But when I went home, I took it out. I put it in the envelope and I came to church with it. And as the service was going on, the man of God said, bring the offerings. And I was like, just where you sit, I used to sit somewhere like that, that, like this in the church. As we stood up, he said, lift up your hand, let us pray. Tears began to come down my face. Because I was thinking, if that call should come, what will I do? But I knew that this was my dying. And as I lifted it, I remember my husband was standing by me when he looked at me, he could see that yes, he just put his hand on mine, lift it, lift it. And then I came forward and I dropped it in the basket. I came fast because sometimes when you come slowly, you change your mind on the way. But do you know something? As I dropped it in the basket, Prophet Kakra said, I see you owning your house. Yeah. I put it in there. I'm happy to tell you that my parents never needed that money. They were terribly healthy. Oh, yes. <laughs> terribly healthy. Ah, my sisters, yeah, you can ask her. They died well into their 80s of old age. None of them went to lie some long line in any hospital. Three days for the part, they are gone. Three days for the pine. We never needed that money. We never needed it. And the house, a year later, it was there. Yeah. You don't want to die to anything. That's why when we say that, you know, I was laughing during the film when they said she should bring empty her wallet. I laughed. I said, yeah, do we sort us today? now I need Pastor Samuabano. If I hear you say it, may the Spirit of God lift you by your hair. Oh, yes. Because I don't know where you passed in your Christian life. But to me, I'm not doing this because of your money. If I wanted money, this is the last thing I'll do. Because I had money when I was working. And God has taken good care of me. I, I mean, he has sorted me out. Oh, yes. Whether you put one city in the offering or you put ten or you put hundred, it makes no difference. It doesn't come to me. It doesn't what? Hmm. We're talking about the cross. 
And I want you to understand, you see, we like to beautify things. You know, that's why we don't beautify crosses and we're wearing them. But I need you to remember what it stands for. I said it stands for death. Today I'm telling you that something you must die. Something you must die. Hey. Number two. The cross represents the price. The price. We walk around, we say that Christianity is free and it's true. When you come for deliverance, we give it free. This word of God, I've never charged anybody before. Doesn't matter what's going on with my pocket. I've never charged. When you come to the gate, drop your 10 cents or your 5 cents before you. No, 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 no. No. But somebody has paid the price. When you see a healing, a price has been paid. And our Christianity must cost us something. What is it costing you? What's the price you paid to be a Christian? I watch some people and they come and they say, my mother says, my father says, so I want to stop. That is the price. The price is the anger of your parents. Usually it never lasts because the truth is that your parents want to see you doing well. That's actually the truth. So usually when they begin to see after a while they are doing well, the, the problem stops. But many of you, I'm doing it because my mother say, I didn't do it. I've banned that statement from here. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. All of us have to pay a price. You won't see anybody. The price of the anointing is the same. There's a price to your Christianity. And Jesus paid a price. Are you there? First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20 says, For you are bought with a price. Christianity, it may be free for us, but it was terribly expensive for Jesus. You were bought with a price. The price you pay for a thing usually is a reflection of the value that the person paying places on you. And he says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which is God's, because it cost him. The cross is a symbol of what it cost him to get us back. The cross is a symbol. It's a symbol of the love of God. And you see, as believers, all these things matter to us. And they are part of what his dying on the cross should do to us. The love of God. I wonder how much love of God there is here. Or I wonder how much love of God there is where you live. Some of you, you are in your room, you are like a witch. When you wake up in the room, the way you do your thing, that's come on your face. The whole room is sad. Nobody can talk. There was happiness until you came. When you came with the demons that you are carrying, pour water on everything. Where is the love of God? As you are gossiping, as you are talking about what you know not, as you are choking somebody, the church, eh, Christians can be very wicked, though. <sighs> very wicked. Very wicked. Some of you are here, you've brought your group members with you. There's a group member who is the weaker one among you. And you're always laughing at him, laughing at her. You're always choking her. Lousy group members. Hey. You don't know the day you need to be carried, though. Let the love of God, the love of God makes you do things. The love of God makes you stretch yourself for somebody else. Some of you, the only person you love is yourself. But Jesus did not leave heaven because he loved himself. If he had loved heaven himself, he would have stayed there. Look at the scripture. The guy is awake for once. Okay, it's not for once. It's not for once, it's usual. First John chapter 3 and verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God. In other words, how do we know that he loved us? Because he laid down his life 
for us. He put it down. He left a place where everything was working to come to a place where nothing is working. He left a place where he had honor and he had glory and he had everything he could think about. He left it and came to walk around. You see, you will not understand how ridiculous it is until you think about yourself and you think that as you are in your room, you see an ant and you say, I have to say these ants and you become an ant. That's when you see the dimensions of what he did for us. Here you are, then you become an ant. An ant. Yes, I'm going to die for the ants. For most of us, ants are useless things. We, don't, we think we don't need them in Paul. Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Who are you laying your life down for? That's why I just want to encourage those of you who are Basenta leaders, Basanta ministers, Basanta, you know, as you are walking around on Sunday morning, waking people up and they are insulting you and they are sending all kinds of messages. You are laying down your life, but I came to tell you that is the price of the cross and the one who said it, he sees it and he'll reward it. Are you in the church? As are you in the church? Your sweat, it has a price. Your pain, it has a price. One day I sent a lady and I told her, we were in Tamale at the time, and I said, go and look for this lady for me. So it was a, she, a, a, a church member I had not seen for a while. Now, at that time in Tamale, the temperature was 42 degrees. And she walked through because her only free time was in her lunch break. Usually at that time of the year, we do things early morning, late evening. You don't do it at the peak of the day. But that day, that was all the time she had. So she got to the woman's place. She knocked on the woman's door, dying for some shade. The woman came out and said, yes. Then she said, oh, Pastor Joyce said I should come and visit you. Ah, okay, I'm okay. Tell her I'm all right. Then the girl, woman shut the door. <laughs> you are saying, hey, but some of you are like that. And when the lady came back, she sent me a text. She said, Mommy, I was just dying for a shade. I was dying for a glass of water. Because after walking through the 42 degrees, you park the, the taxi drops you somewhere, you walk to the house. So I felt that I would collapse before I get back to the place. For the love of God. For the love of God. He sees it. He sees it. He counts it. Are you there? The symbol of love. You only do it because you love it. Some of you, we only come time and time again because we love you. You are so nasty. And some of you, your level of nastiness at this young age worries me. I wonder what you'll be like when you are 70 years old. By the time you are 70 year, years old, when you wake up in the mornings and bones ache, so you tend to squeeze your face. You at the age of 23, look at how you have squeezed your face already. I don't know what you will look like by the time you are 70. Push your neighbor and say, neighbor, is it you that they are talking about? <laughs> you better understand that the person keeps coming just out of love, not because of anything else. Oh, yes. Just a few weeks ago, I had to console one of my ladies as she had just gone to call somebody that she had spent so much time on only to be blasted. But you know, the price, eh? You will chop the price. He will answer to God one day. Yeah. It's the love of God. 
is the love of who? God. It's the love of God that made us preachers. Why else would I come to preach to penniless students? Let me go and look for some carpet sellers, curtain merchants, uh, what? Yams. No, but I'm here with you. I'm here with you Sunday after Sunday, worrying about your exams, about how you don't learn. Sometimes I pick up my phone, I just I say, how are you? Where are you? Are you learning? Are you doing the 10 hours? Hey. Are you in the church? The cross is a symbol of the love of God. The cross is a symbol of the obedience of Christ. He obeyed. He what? Obeyed. Some of us, you can't obey anything. That, do you know that's why you are failing exams? It's true. When you can't obey, you have made it a habit not to follow instructions. And the passing of the exams, it depends on instructions. But you have practiced how not to obey. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death upon the cross. Are you in the church? And so when you are in church, you are not on your phone. Mm. If you are obedient, you will obey. For just a few minutes, listen to word of God that can help you. After all, you are on Facebook all the time, on Instagram all the time, Snapchat all the time. That's why when you go to learn, you are fidgeting. You, you, can't, you can't concentrate. The cross is the symbol of sacrifice. Are you here? It's the symbol of sacrifice. He sacrificed his life for us. Death on the cross. What have you sacrificed for Christ? What have you sacrificed? It's a question, though. Sometimes the sacrifice to just wake up and get to church on time. Mm. The sacrifice is that even though I have an exam tomorrow, I'm going to church today. Small sacrifice. Small. And you are complaining. To sit still for a few minutes and you are complaining. Hallelujah. The cross is the symbol of humility. Hey! Mm, that point. Let's go to Philippians 2.8. Being found as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. Please tell your neighbor, we need humility. We need humility. We need humility. Without it, we can't do much. Mm. And some of you, the problem you have is that you are too proud too fast. Pride is not helping you. It's because of pride you have not gone to ask for help in some subjects that are chewing you. Yay. Some of you, it's because of pride that you don't come to church. Hey. Hello. But Jesus was humble. The cross of Christ is the symbol of his blood. The blood that gives us freedom. The blood that frees us. Now, Jesus said to us, if we're going to follow him, we too, we must pick up our cross. We too must pick up our cross. 
It is the absence of the cross that has made the church weak. The reason is that you have fought with masturbation, pornography, fornication, what? Drug addiction. The reason why it's such a struggle is that you are powerless. And the reason why you are powerless is because there's no sacrifice. You haven't died to anything. Yeah. It's time to die to something. Amen. Amen. And the cross releases power. Yeah, the cross releases power. Are you here? I once went to India for a few weeks. And during... (laughs) During my second visit there, I believe, I was invited by a lady to visit her church. The interesting thing about it was that the invitation was for a service at 4.30 a.m. And I was wondering to myself, a service at 4.30 a.m. Why? Then I discovered this lady had found the secret of the cross. And she had decided that every Easter, for 40 days, she would have a service every day at dawn. She would invite anyone she wanted to invite. The only request was that, don't preach anything but the cross. I need to tell you, because up to now, the memory of it stays with me. I have to tell you that as we approached the church, we had to park like somewhere around elite college. And from there, in all the side lanes and all the roads were chairs of people. Chairs. Road after road, street after street, street after street of people at 4.30 a.m. waking up every morning for 40 days to come and hear about the cross of Jesus Christ. Oh yes. Oh yes. I remember that to enter the church, first to even approach the church, then to enter the church, it was the whole, uh, what? A whole operation. People everywhere. Because people need the cross. I said people need what? The cross has power in it. And if you've never taken up your cross, that is one of the reasons why you have no power. That is why I'm going to land on this scripture as my last scripture this morning. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, please. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This morning, I want to ask you, what is the value of your Christianity? Where is the cross in your Christianity? What have you died to? What have you lost? It's the same Paul, the same one who wrote these words, who told us that he had lost everything for what he was doing. You, small time you should lose. Look at you. Small time. Usually it's such a struggle just to get this service to move on. Because... The Christians that we have today, you cannot even get out of your bed. 
The church is very quiet. Though. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even get out of bed. Some of you, when you come to church, this short preaching, you can't stay awake. As I'm standing here, I'm watching people over there. They can't even concentrate. Yeah. Yeah. Your other sisters, you better sort them out, too. Kata, you better sort them out because it's not an issue of just coming to dance here with your feet. You better know what you're about in the church. I'm talking to some people this morning. What is the value of your Christianity? If it is only I see you receiving, then you are a powerless Christian and an apology of the Christianity. Jesus shed his blood for us so that we would die to sin and live to righteousness. But to really experience it, you've got to sacrifice something. You've got to lose something. You've got to die to something. In ending, 1995, I had just come back from Norway with my husband. And we landed in Accra. We knew already that for some reason the Lord was sending us to the north of Ghana. But we didn't know why. And we didn't know what we were going to do there. We came to Accra fully intending that we would respond to that call. And by the grace of God, we were led by means I cannot have time to tell you about into the Lighthouse Chapel. And when we got there, that very first Sunday, we went to say hello. We knew Bishop Dag already. We knew Reverend Saki. We knew them from school. And we went to say hello. We are back in, in Ghana. And that was when we heard that they had been praying for people who they would send to the north. And we said, really? We ourselves were on our way to the north. We've never been there. We don't know what we are going to do there. And Bishop Dag said to us that, Will you be willing to be trained and sent there? We said, oh, why not? And we went. Eight months later, we picked ourselves up. We picked our three children, aged around, what, six, four, no, the last one was five months. So two and six. Six, two, and a five-month-old baby. And we picked everything that we had, and we headed for Tamale. And said that, well, we're going to start a church there. And when we got there, yeah, the one thing there was a lot of was dust. You don't see it today. Today, Tamale is a beautiful city like any other city in Ghana. I remember as we were going, people said that you have sacrificed your future. <laughs> you have thrown your future away. Yeah, because it was known as a place where nothing happens. There's nothing there. Later on, my sister-in-law told me that she told the others, the other family members that, hey, he won't, we can be in there, come back. In other words, these children who are following their parents up north, what, what language are we going to speak with them in? A place that nobody really... The only people who liked the place were those there. <laughs> who knew what was there. But those down in the south where we were coming from, they didn't get what we were saying as the years passed, it looked for a long time as though we had made a very bad deal. Because we could see our colleagues doing better. Are you there? And having more. And we said, look, eh, please put my efficiency vest there. <laughs> Are you there? Galatians, sorry, 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. We just felt that that's what we are supposed to do. And so we did it. And for the next 15 years, we stayed up there. Are you there? 
Mm. They're very quiet, you see. Yeah. For 15 years, we stayed there. And for 15 years, we preached to people whose language we didn't speak. <laughs> but you know, after 15 years, we came on transfer to Kumasi. And at the time, you may think we're relieved to lead, we were relieved to come down. The truth is that we were not. Because I did, we didn't have any intentions of leaving. I remember telling my people that, look, if I'm, I'll die in Tamale. If you people try to take my body to Accra, when you get to the barrier, I'll wake up. And I'll ask you, where do you think you are going? You better return. This was a joke that we used to, you know, we used to share. But just to show you the kind of mind we had, that this place that we have come, we are here. We are pouring out everything. I want to ask you, don't you think, after being outside doing further studies, we should have come back and been home? We have not lived with our people for over eight years. Shouldn't we have been with our aging parents? Shouldn't we have spent some time with our siblings and caught up on all the possibilities that you guys say are in Accra? I'm very happy to tell you that, well, the years passed. And as the years passed, we realized that God was doing us good. Are you there? Yeah. I just returned from a journey up north. And on Thursday, I was standing in the Nalergu Cathedral. And Bishop Dag was pouring oil and dedicating the place. And I began to cry. And I was crying because I was remembering the little church. And I was remembering the little churches under buildings, under, under trees. That looked like nothing. Did you pass everyone? You were preaching where? In a town called, a little village called. A lady pastor whom he was a pastor of the Lamashegu church. You are wondering what all those yeah, you better go and play the place a visit. Are you in the church? But you know something. As I stood there on Thursday, then he called the pastors in the north to come for it. And as they came, pastors, some now bishops, this one a cathedral. I remember. This one was my sheep. That one was my sheep. This one too was my sheep. This one I prayed over their marriage. This one I anointed their baby. This one I named their child. This one I did this. This one I did that. And my heart was full. And I just said, Lord, it was worth every minute. And it was worth every sacrifice. Oh yes, were there tough days? Yeah, there were some tough days. I remember we up till today, if you dash me an Opel, I will sell it. I will never drive it. <laughs> because we all we had an Opel. Very gorgeous looking on the outside. That Opel, it broke down on every road that it is possible for a car to break down on. We pushed it. I will never forget the days I'm two boys. We called them to push. They looked at me and said, Master, this car no for push. And the three children who would not, they wondered, what language will we speak? They went to the same schools as their cousins. Today, they are all graduates. Today, they are all pastors. Today, they are all married to lady pastors. Today, they are all in foreign countries. Today, the cost, whatever we paid, it was worth it. If he were to call us again and ask us, what will we change? The answer would have been nothing. I'm talking to you today. 
some of you, you think you already have your plans. I'm ending. When I finish, I'm going to Accra. Accra is where my future is. How do you know? I know so many people there who don't have jobs. You have not even bothered to ask God. I'm going to America. I'm happy to inform you that the Skipo Airport toilet is cleaned by Ghanaians. Skipo is in Holland. And the whole airport, the cleanest, they are Ghanaians. As in the washroom. And they entered and they were talking. Hey, Tiname say. Now say, is that what you want to go into? I thought you said that's where your future is. Oh, because you don't want to pay a certain price. You don't want to ask God, what should I be paying? Listen, Jesus died for us. He died for us. The preaching of the cross is where the power is. That's why Bishop Dad can stand on a stage in front of thousands of people and just speak and the healings are happening. You will be pouring oil. By this time, you have poured two buckets. You there, you'll be laying hands and shouting. You'll be spitting on the person. <laughs> but because he's a preacher of the cross, that's all he preaches there. That's why he doesn't have to sell salt. That's why he doesn't have to sell holy water that they have taken just from the well behind the office. <laughs> because <laughs> the power is in the cross. You want power? Real power? It's in the cross. Take up your cross and follow him. What is he asking of you? Do it. Some of you, you work in this church and when you finish doing all your work, you go to go and study. That's your cross. That's your cross. And you are studying the studying and the eyes are trying to close. Find your buckets of water and put your feet in it. You are paying the price. Oh yeah. When your feet are cold, your eyes don't close. Find cold water. Put your feet inside and continue studying. You are paying your price. Today I'm talking to you and I'm saying that we are not ashamed of the cross. It is the symbol of power. It is the symbol of love. It is the symbol of obedience. It is the power that we have. And to God indeed be the glory. Stand to your feet. Oh yes, stand to your feet this morning and begin to pray. Some of you, the call of God is upon your life. You know it yourself and you are fighting it. This morning, I want you to say, I surrender. I surrender, Lord Jesus, I surrender. I give it, I give it up, I give up. I don't know what it means, Lord. I don't know what it means, Lord. But I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. You know. Let me just give you one last story. You see, when you pass the age of 60, you have a lot of stories. <laughs> Are you here? About seven years ago, a young man like you gave up his life, gave up everything, and he went to a poor African country called Madagascar, and he went with his wife seven years ago. Today, there's a church there it's full of people who look like Indians. They are Madagascans. Are you there? He went alone with his wife. Just two of them. Since then, they have had two children. I'm talking to you about my son and his wife. As I'm walking here, 
I'm waiting for them to arrive in town next week. On a visit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I'm so happy to tell you that the sacrifice was not in vain. Oh, not at all. Not at all. There are people who call them pastor, people whose lives they have changed. They are your age. They are your age. Rep Eric, your sacrifice is not in vain, no. It's not in vain at all. It's not in vain. Rep Eric had to leave his family for a while. Over there, he's on his way again. Oh, yeah. One day, you'll be walking down the aisle with your beautiful daughters. God would have done them good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Today, I want you to bow down your head. There are some of you here. The call of God is on your life. And you know that you're going to do something for him. You don't know what. And some of you are fighting it. You want to live, live an ordinary life. But God is calling you. And you know that the call, that call is on you. I want you to bow down your head this morning. I want you to rededicate your life to him. Rededicate your life to him. Yeah. For a few minutes, talk to him. We're ending very soon. But talk to him in these few minutes. Talk to him. Oh yes, this morning the Lord is calling. He's calling you to set aside your own plans for yourself and your life. He's calling you to answer him. Oh yes. That's what he called you for. To surrender it and give it to him. Oh yes. Sing it. Come on, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. out of where you are. Just come to me very quickly. Come very quickly. You're saying that you are surrendering and this morning is for you. Just surrender to him. 
just tell him that, Lord, I put down my own plans. I'm putting aside my own plans. And I'm answering your call this morning. I'm answering your call this morning. I'm putting it down. I'm answering your call this morning. I lay it down, Lord. I answer this morning. Lord, I don't know what it's going to cost me. But I answer this morning. I give it up, my dreams, Lord, my visions, Lord, the thing that were the things that were in my mind, what I thought I wanted to do for myself. Lord, I give it up. 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 Father, I lift these ones before your throne of grace. Oh, thank you for their lives, Lord, and for today and for their surrender. I pray, oh God, that you will hear them. Hear them, Lord. Set them apart, oh God. Set them apart, oh God. Set them apart, oh God. Set them apart. Set them apart unto you. Let them not go back. Let them not take their lives back. But Lord, just keep them walking towards you. Use them, oh God. When we turn around 25 years from now, may we see souls that have been saved because of them. When we turn around 30 years from now, 15 years from now, may we see pastors, may we see missionaries, may we see churches in different countries, may we see people who have given their lives to Christ, may we see something that you have made out of them. I pray, oh God, that you will touch them. Oh yes, oh yes, keep them, oh God. Satan, I just cancel your voice out of their lives. Lord, keep them. And let them answer you as you draw them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now just remain standing. Those of you who are behind the laptop, I want you to put my number up on the screen. 0274. I need it fast, please. The slowness is too much. 0274-223344. Now those of you standing in front, I need you to get that number and I need you to send me a text. Is that okay? You should do what? send me a text and just tell me I was one of those who responded this morning and I'll tell you what to do next is it a good deal is it a good deal I'm still waiting I just want them to put this number up on the screen that's what we're waiting for you normally will pour oil on you and say things you just when it's just oil we are bathing you in I'm not bathing in the oil this is what you need just let me see whether you will take the first step from here to send that text put your name there. If you, if you are someone I don't know, introduce yourself and put your picture as well. And we'll take it on from there. God bless you. Go back to where you were standing. And as they return, you are standing and you know that you need to surrender to Jesus. Maybe you are not sure you are in church. But you, you are not sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You too, today, you need to surrender. You need to surrender. Maybe you have been playing church. Many of us have been playing church. A church is a place where you can come with your sports and be admired. Or a place where you can come and use your voice to sing and we say that the voice is nice. But today, you are changing. You are saying that today I'm giving my life to the Lord. In these few minutes, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you need to surrender your life to Christ. I'm also speaking to somebody. Your life is a double life. You are in church, but you are also in the world. You are also serving the devil fully. Today, I want you to surrender to only him. And so as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want you to lift your hands up, your hand up. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. 
there are some of you who are even working in church but you are not serious you come and you dance every day but Jesus is a stranger to you if your hands are lifted up just come to me this morning I want to pray a prayer with you just come just come Step out of where you are. That is your sacrifice. That's the price that you are paying. The embarrassment that you are feeling. That's the price. If you're outside, the distance you must walk from there here. That's the price you are paying. Just come. You lifted your hand to receive Jesus. Just come to me right now. Just come. Just come. God bless you. God bless you. Step out and come. Step out and come. Oh, you're there. You're there. I thought I was serious, but I'm seeing that. No, I've not been serious with Jesus. Please come. Join us here in front. We're going to pray together. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You are here. The word of God touched you. I'm speaking to many of you. Your life is double. Double. And I'm calling you today to say, surrender. Give it to Jesus. Just come. Just come. You are here in church. You sing gospel, but you also sing worldly music. You pay or you sacrifice to God, but you also sacrifice to the devil. Come. You're the one I'm looking for. Come, we're going to just, you're going to surrender your life to him this morning. Just come. God bless you. I'm waiting for you. The fact that your heart is pounding, don't worry. It's like that for all of us. It was like that. Come. Somebody, you are there. You are standing and saying, me, I'm not like that. To me, I'm righteous. You need him more than anybody. Come. That way you are thinking alone is a sign. Eh? Just come. In these last couple of minutes, we're going to say a quick prayer to the Lord. And it's going to change everything your behalf and for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you're standing here in front, I want you to pray after me, but make this prayer your own. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, you are my savior and you are my lord i thank you for saving me in jesus name amen we believe that you have been blessed by this message for more information you can follow us on facebook fountain of life cathedral and on instagram and twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S-E. God richly bless you.